What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max, episode 220. And we are here with a full cast on this one, as there's plenty of games to talk about. And, well, we're still obviously in the thick of having to deal with uh, what is happening uh, outside and all this uh, COVID-19 business. Yeah, uh, but, uh, of course, I am... Your host, Sean Garman, here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And joining us here once again is Jens Dietrich. Greetings. And also here, Randy Isbell. Glad to be back. Well, guys, uh, I, I I think, I don't know if I want to, is there any more update on what is, what's going on and where you live with this, this thing, this um, sad pandemic that is happening outside our walls? Is everybody actually staying inside? Yeah, our governor has finally put an actual like stay inside order in place in a bizarre press conference where he talked about how he apparently only just found out that it's transmissible before you show symptoms, which <laughs> almost made my head explode. He's a man of science. Uh-huh. And didn't he open the beaches up today? Yeah, they opened the beaches back up, which is great for South Georgia, which has been the hardest hit by all this. It's like, so, I don't know. The, things continue to be not great. Yeah. Though I, I got booze again, so I feel good. I, I, I had to run out, and I was um, kind of dangerously close to. Uh, uh, oh, sober. Yeah, I was danger dangerously close to like pulling of the shining uh, here with uh, <laughs> with no alcohol. But uh, thankfully, a friend of mine brought some by, and I found a place that delivers wine. So I'm waiting for a wine delivery this coming week. The the two thousand dollar wine bill. <laughs> yeah, it's not too. No, no, it's actually it's actually pretty reasonable. Um, I'm not going to talk about it though because I don't want to feel like I'm advertising someone. No, no, I, I don't. I don't mean like they're expensive. I just mean like that's how much you ordered. <laughs> I mean, I I ordered like uh, I've ordered like 200 bucks worth of wine. Well, you have to stock up on wine too. You know, it's an essential thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, how about so, you, Randy? Oh, sorry, Mark. Mark, you about to say something? I'm just stocking up on DVDs, Phil. Mm. That's very essential in the times like now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You got to have stuff to. I, yeah, I bought uh, American Gods on Blu-ray, and then I bought News Radio also, which are the same two shows. Can, can never go wrong with News Radio. Yeah, News Radio is fantastic. Randy, what is happening with? Yeah, well, I, I live up here in the Northwest, and Washington has pushed things back to what May Fourth because they're Star Wars fans, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and, and even then, it doesn't even sound like they're that optimistic. It's it's such a weird place here because they like shut down fishing, which has pissed off everyone around me. Uh, 
and just made them go all rebel. But in uh, Walmart, you can only have so many people in the store, so you line up yeah. outside, but they let you line up super close to each other, I guess. I don't know. I haven't gone, but yeah. I'm I, reading I, things on Facebook. It's like, uh, I mean, I'm glad that they're thinking part of it through, but they're missing the point, I think. Yeah, I was at a store. We have a store, a regional store here called Meyer, which is basically like a Walmart. And they had two, they have 14 cashier lines. Uh, only two of them were open. And they were the ones next to each other. And it's like, wouldn't you want to space this out a tad? Like, yeah. I mean, it was, like, <clears throat> it was like lines like 12 and 13 were open out of like, you know, 14 lines. And it's like, how about like line 13 and 10? Or like line 13 and 11? Like, <laughs> yeah, skip, skip one, <laughs> you know? Uh, I went to a store I don't normally go to, and, uh, they did have the, you could only have certain, they had like, I think you could only have 125 people in the store in total, but all they had was somebody outside after I guess somebody had counted. I don't know how you keep track of there being 120 people in the store, but they did have people like stopping them to make sure they couldn't come in, but then they're all kind of hovered around each other. So I was like, well, if one of those people has the virus, everybody else is standing right there. all got it. Cause there's no way that's six feet. <laughs> so, See, this is, this is why I'm having all my food delivered. It's I'm like, just not going to supermarkets are going to be like the hotspots for this. <laughs> that actually just reminded me. I, I think my three-year-old is having more of an issue with this than anyone else. <laughs> we, we had, we had pizza delivered today and that poor pizza guy got an earful from my three-year-old just over there that that's my neighbor's house and that's my neighbor's car oh that's what you drive oh what did you bring to us oh you brought pizza that's great and just this poor pizza guy's just staring like uh-huh that, that's great just, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks kid I had the, the vietnam thousand yard stare going <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's and they put an order in that by tuesday everybody has to when you go outside you have to i mean not obviously outside of your house but if you go outside to go to anywhere besides like your general vicinity, you have to have a mask on of some sort. Yeah, so, I've seen people, yeah. seen people around here like walking along the side of the street wearing masks, and it's yeah. like that that won't help you. Like <laughs> you're literally outside, and no one else is around you except for cars. I don't think cars have it, at least yeah. not yet. I no. mean, yeah, it's if I was going to a store, I'd definitely put a mask on. It's dangerous point. inside the store because like people. It's so weird. It's it's such a weird dynamic of like there's people that obviously aren't taking this seriously and they don't care, and like yeah, they will walk right by you and have no thought. Of, like you see people that are actually trying to. It's it, these stores are way too big. There's no way you can avoid people completely. But it's like there you can see people that are like waiting for you to get out of the lane so they can go in or whatever. Then there's people that just walk right by you. They don't care. Uh, they have no mask on. Like I had to go to a laundromat. Everybody in there did not give two craps about, you know, anything. <laughs> they were actually, they were laughing at, at me because I had the mask on. And I was like, did it, okay. <laughs> you have taken it off for one second, coughing everyone and put it back on. I didn't no, want you can to get arrested that. for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah I, even though that guy is basically the person that he just, he basically put up a sign that says you can only have 10 people in there, but he's never there to make sure that you only have 10 people in there. He yeah, basically just opens his place up, either. never cleans it, and, you know, so I'm just like, uh, whatever. This is, uh, it's not a great part of Miami, so it is what it is. Oh. 
But my issue yeah. of this is unless we enforce this proper, I think, you know, unless everybody adheres to it and it's properly enforced and there's no crazy exceptions like beaches or churches or whatever else uh, that has enough cloud to remain open, uh, it's just not going to, you know, it's not going to work. We're just yeah, going to yeah. stretch this out indefinitely, you know? And that, I mean, that's basically what they're doing is like they're only doing this in 30 month intervals, unless you're Virginia, because people would go nuts if they did like, Oh yeah, we're not going nowhere for six months, you know. So, mm. but yeah, this is uh, this is this is going to be a continuing thing, and we'll have to talk about it here with um, two games that got delayed, and it's majorly <laughs> because of this situation. And it's funny yeah. because I had, it's weird because you know, movies have gotten to the point where apparently retail considerations don't matter. You know, music is long way. Doesn't matter about that anymore. But it's funny how video games are still very much tied to the retail model. And it has now been, let's go ahead and talk about the news while we're at it, uh, to The Last of Us Part 2 and Iron Man VR have been delayed. But, uh, you know, no offense to anybody that's really excited about Iron Man VR. It, is, it does look kind of cool. And I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't pick it up if, when it's on a sale. But uh, Last of Us Part 2 has been delayed. Uh, you know, I'm, Randy just bemoaned the fact of that, and I'm sure there are so many people that are upset about that right now. It was supposed to come out at the end of May, and uh, now it's delayed indefinitely. But according to reports, the major reason, and after a statement by Naughty Dog and Sony, is that basically they can't deliver the launch that they want because they cannot guarantee that the game is available for everyone at the same time. Uh, very much like what we're seeing happen with Final Fantasy VII Remake, where you have people from Australia and Europe being able to play it right now, and everybody else has to wait until April 10th. And I think uh, Sony saw that and said, we don't want to have that same issue. So it's not happening until this pandemic issue is resolved or nullified or lessened or whatever it's going to take for things to sort of become normal again. But I did ask a question when this thing was happening with Final Fantasy VII of, w will we ever get to the point where video games do the same thing as movies, where they can come out digitally two weeks before and See, no I don't one think... throws a fit? Oh, I, I, that'll never happen. <laughs> well, it's not working out great for movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it, I don't think it, the current release movies are nearly as profitable as they would have been if they'd been in theaters and. Well, no, That's no, I'm not talking really... about that, Jens. I'm talking about, you know how they release now where they come out digital like two weeks before and then they come out physically? Yeah, but even that's, like some, that's what some, I mean. some movies aren't getting released like that Disney kid movie. That yeah, yeah. Any, any actual big release like Wonder Woman moved back, Bond moved back, Milan now moved back. Like, yeah, Black Widow moved back. I Black mean, Widow yeah. moved back. So it's all these the, – the movies where they actually still – I think it was just movies that were already in theaters or about to be released or just left theaters. Those are the ones that we kind of got as like the on-demand movies as kind of a trial of like, well, you know, these are all movies are basically already out and we can't capitalize on them another way. So let's just do this. But I think um, the big release stuff is, you know, we're not going to see uh, those movies on demand. I, I think Tenant is going to move. It hasn't moved yet, but that's an IMAX movie. Mm -hmm. There's no way that's coming out on demand. Right. So. Right. <clears throat> I, I just don't – I think that's a, a more of an equivalent with something like Last of Us 2 where we know Last of Us 2 is going to be huge. 
So let's just wait to do it properly and actually reap the rewards. I mean, but also my maybe my copy of Final Fantasy twelve got, or seven got delayed. Yeah, right. uh, I'm actually going to have to do a curbside pickup at Best Buy to get my copy on on Friday. Are you getting it physically or digitally, Randy? Oh, I'm, I'm getting it digital. Yeah, I did the same thing because I was like, I'm not gonna bother with. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if uh, you guys saw it, but Massachusetts made GameStop close all their stores because of a report about GameStop not being very uh, clean about how they were giving the curbside to people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so, there's a GameStop that's kind of shut down pretty much everywhere. Like, no, least, there's still a lot of GameStops that are doing the curbside thing. Not around, like, not in my state. Like every store is shut down essentially. Oh really? Like, fucking hell out of me. Yeah. The one by me is still doing curbside. Last I checked, a couple mm-hmm. days ago. But I don't know. After this, GameStop might have bigger problems. Uh, I mean, it's like you know, the thing is, like, I get it that all these supplies are very hard to find. Like, I'm not saying that GameStop needs to go outbid people for, you know, some hand sanitizer and whatever. Um, but you can also make your own hand sanitizer. And, like, would it be that big a deal for you to make sure you supply all your stores with something so that they don't have to be scared to death to open the door and have to they, hand people your game with a plastic bag? I mean... They could start, uh... Trying to buy back hand sanitizer from people, give them thirty cents on a dollar for it. I don't know, or just like you know, uh, make the person stand six feet. You open the door, you leave it on the ground, and you tell the person, "Okay, grab it." And then it's, it's I don't, I don't know, like it's just, I mean, or you know, you got to do something, or or make a little to go window or something, uh, to, like you know how you do with the um the to go orders. But it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. I never thought this was going to be a great idea for GameStop the moment that they started it because they already had bad press as it was. But, um. Oh, everyone wants GameStop. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't hate GameStop. It's just, they have some terrible practices that I don't know if this will, if anything will happen that will make them change that at this point or they'll just all shut down, which will be a sad day, I think. Uh, but there's more news about even worse uh, GameStop competitors. But uh, getting to the point here, what what I meant was I, I wasn't talking about the movies that come out on that are coming out on demand now. I mean, like every movie that comes out now, before this happened, there would be like a two week window where they'd be like, "Oh, you can go buy it digitally right now." Right, digital has a yes. has a little bit of an edge on so physical now. That's what I meant. Is do you think we'll ever get to the point if we get into a digital age? Where gaming says, hey, we want to make all of our money. We don't want to have to clue in Walmart and GameStop and Target and whatever. And does this little, here's a window where you can buy digitally if you want. Which is what Sony's avoiding now, right? Because people will stop buying their special editions yeah. to buy the game digitally and they'll miss out on $200. I think the market's yeah. going to have to really shift for that to be the new normal and i think i think think the company that's going to have to do that first is microsoft i think they have the best opportunity with it with their game pass it'd be really interesting to see if they ever go that route and say you if you have game pass you can play it a week early or you can wait and it'll come out digitally so i think they're they are in a good spot where they could try that kind of a a method but it might be a little bit yeah i think it depends on the games too yeah true 
They're, they're not going to do it with Halo, that's for sure. Right. If it's something yeah. that's really big where people are going to want to collect this edition, you know, they they won't want to undercut that. But if it's like a little indie release or an, a double A game kind of thing, I could see it. Well, because so well, many think... uh, niche games now have their own special editions, which yeah. you don't see with movies very much, except for like the big ass ones like, you know, Avengers or whatever. So yeah. Get that's my disaster why movies can do that, I think. For, get my disaster report for special edition with the medical bag. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause sports games do this already, don't they? What, they release uh, like early on digital. Yeah, EA yeah. Access does that. EA yeah. does it. Yeah, and, and MLB The Show does it now too. Right. No, but true. you're paying yeah, extra yeah. though. You're paying the $5 or whatever it is to right. get it extra. Premium service. Yeah. yeah. That is a, so. You're right though. EA Access has done it a lot. They've, they've kind of piloted that. Well, EA does it with all their things. games, I think, not just the yeah. sports games. Uh, where you can pay it early. Well, what it does is allows you to play it early to decide if you want to buy the game or not. Yeah. So it, it's more of like a free trial that you pay $5 for. So you'll pay $60, which is not a bad idea. But obviously the way that you don't have everybody buying it. I wonder if, like you said, Randy, if Microsoft was able to do it with not just their games, but other third parties, if Man. this could become a model at some point. Mm-hmm. Where, Can you imagine yeah. the shitstorm on the internet if there was a cross-platform game and Microsoft put it out like two weeks before Sony? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, crazy. that kind of already happens with like DLC, like that control DLC yeah. just hit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Or uh, okay. like, yeah, mm. Modern Warfare, right? The, the, yeah, yeah Modern Warfare from Master 2. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, oh, is that exclusive that first for thirty days? No, it's on PlayStation on Sony oh. on PlayStation. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think Warzone also has exclusive things. Well, I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's different because like certain like DLC or like that type of like certain stuff that yeah. always kind of you know they always vie for exclusive somewhere. Mm. So, and they're gonna need some kind of edge on the next gen if they're not gonna have a lot of uh, you know Xbox Series X exclusives to start with. They're going to do yeah. something to set themselves Well, I mean, apart. they'll never really have exclusive Series S games because they'll be on PC. Oh, well, so. yeah, I mean, I'm not count- okay, discounting PC, obviously. Yeah. And they will. I mean, we're, we're getting a little off. I mean, Microsoft will. I mean, they bought up a bunch of studios. It's just going to take them a little bit until yeah. they get there. Yeah. But It's just not been the first year. But well, I, I will just say, to get back on this whole The Last of Us thing being delayed and, mm-hmm. and with the whole digital copies or physical, if... If Naughty Dog was just a company like Ubisoft, the game would have came out in February, buggy as hell, and then they would just have to be worried about patching it right now. And they could have do that at home, so so they missed the boat. They should have just released a buggy game in February, like other companies would, yeah. and we would have been able to play the game. I, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. Or I, I'm, if you're serious. I'm, yeah, I'm sarcastic and kind of wishing they did it so I could play The Last of Us Two already. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I, I like I, a polished game. That's kind of the thing with Naughty Dog's games is that it yeah, sets them apart. I don't think they would actually release a game like that. No, like even, no that's even what I'm saying. Game, yeah, yeah. They so, wouldn't, so, but, if, but if they would have, we would have at least been able to play it. So what do we say to the people that are very upset and say that they should Get have just grip. released it digitally? Just uh, play Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, there are other games to play. There's so know. many right now. Right, I mean, I, I think that's the thing is people don't realize that Retail is a huge thing for games right now. 
you need Walmart, you need Target, you need uh, whatever other, um, you know, you sort of still need GameStop in a way. Uh, you need all these others Best Buy to want to stock your games. And if you do this with one game, especially one that's really big, like Last of Us, that, you know, people are expecting that they're going to buy physically, uh, regardless of whether you're talking about special editions or not. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, well, because of this, we're going to release it digitally and we don't even know when you'll get it physically. Watch everybody go and do a bunch of returns to your store. Uh, like nobody's going to be happy about it and it's going to make uh, people get really pissed off at Sony. And I don't think that they want to, that's not a good spot for you to be in, uh, if, if you're Sony. So I get it that a lot of people are upset that they want to play the game and all of that, but you know, would you have, would you rather, it, it, yeah. it's better to have people upset than trash, you know, retail partnership, like with Walmart or Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it's not only that, it's also trashing the people that want to buy things physically, right? Like, okay, yeah. it's one thing to get your game delayed by two days, three days. It's another thing to get your game delayed by months because you don't know when it would be safe to start releasing a game in stores again. If you just do a mail order business, mail, get a copy directly from Sony. I mean, you can do, you theoretically could do that. Yeah. I mean, Gamefly still does it, sort of. It'll just be like the uh, old catalog business of your. Oh, I wouldn't mind that actually, like uh, the record club of the month kind of deal, but for video games. Yeah. Uh, if Limited Run did that, I would probably I would sign up. You know, one of those boutique kind of outfits. A limited run of twenty million. <laughs> well, I'm not saying for Last of Us. I'm just saying for yeah. little obscure indie things. I mean, this now makes the third game that has been delayed that was supposed to come out in May. Does this uh, worry you for other things that are coming out yeah. later beyond May or, you know, no. like Cyberpunk yes, again? I, 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 I think, like, games will still come out. I mean, especially like Cyberpunk. I mean, that'll always be... I am the majority of people are going to buy that digitally, so... I'm buying it digitally. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it. Ghost... I'm, I'm Ghost, uh, worried about Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That could, uh, are, are you worried about, uh, Wonderful 101 the ends? I mean, that's May no, 19th. I, I think that's gonna, for some reason, uh, anything that has been like shipped from Japan has not been an issue for me. So yeah. I fully expect that they'll just, you know, they'll ship that stuff out themselves. The backers are gonna get it. I don't yeah. know about it being in regular stores for normal people, but I think the backer copies are gonna go out. Right. Yeah. I- I think Xenoblade's also safe because I think we were far enough into knowing what this was when they did the direct to where I feel like they wouldn't have announced the date for Xenoblade if, you know, I don't think much is, there wasn't much different between that week and the next week um, that I think <clears throat> Nintendo at that point is just, I know they, they have a bunch of special editions for that game, but uh, we'll yeah. see. Well, we, we missed out on the good one. The good one was the UK one, apparently, and that sold out immediately. That had yeah. the vinyl record with it. Oh, everyone wants that. Of course. Yeah, why not? Why hate, wouldn't you want that? You also hate vinyl, so that's the more funny part. Well, but it also comes with a USB stick with, with all the music on it. I really just want the music. That'll be uploaded the day one. You may, not get it, you may not get it in your special flag format, but the MP3 will be out that version will be out there instantly. Yeah, we'll see. Somebody will throw it up there. It's on the internet somewhere. Yeah, true. 
Uh, I, I, yeah, I think I think everything in April is sort of safe because you're already too far along. I think to you know to really do much with that, but yeah, it's gonna yeah. be interesting to see if either one of the one of the few, some of the few big games left are going to get their releases or not. Mm. Uh, considering this, yeah. Um, but yep. Yeah, sorry, everyone that uh, is upset about Last of Us. Oh. You just gotta wait a little get, more. Get some perspective on the situation. Right, like you when you were freaking out about getting uh, Persona 4 Royal like a day late. Uh, uh, Persona 5 Royal. Well, that's important. I mean, yeah, you were kind of overly upset about that for a game you knew was going to show up eventually. I was annoyed because well, I was annoyed because you and I ordered this game the same damn day. Yeah, and I, could, I didn't even get to play it the first day I had it, so you still were ahead of me. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of an event that's uh, been canceled... E3 was canceled, but IGN decided that they're going to sort of do an E3-type event of their own, partnering with Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Amazon, Google Stadia, Devolver, TSQ Nordic, and others, and Twitter, are we, to Are they really going to have an announcement with Google Stadia? Have they announced a, a single game thing lately? They did have a... I think, well, Dermatologist came out for it. What, Dermatologist? Not Doom Eternal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, like I said, dermatologist. <laughs> they did. Um, I, I oh play that. God. That sounds like a VR game. I would like. <laughs> there was a there was a Google Stadia game that came out that was like exclusive to it, and I don't remember. It was. It wasn't too long ago. I think it was like a week ago. But it's like I think it's like one of those. I think Google Stadia has had like a few indies that have come out that's exclusive, but. I mean, all the big games, I mean, they're just now getting made for that thing, so. Yeah, okay. you know, it'll only take two more years for those games to come out. If that thing's even still going by then. That won't be. Uh, but either way, I think it's cool that IGN is sort of doing something to kind of build an audience around what would have been E3, because we still don't know when Nintendo, Ubisoft, and Microsoft are actually going to do their events, their digital things. Um, and we already have Bethesda drop out that we talked about on the last show. So, yeah. I mean, do you, do you think uh, we we could, th- this will be a good thing that may continue to happen every year after this? Or like that, you know, um, the kind of funny game showcase thing, or it's a one-off? I think it could happen. I mean, look at like the Game Awards. Like, that kind of started off from nothing and became something big now. Man, it's tough to tell because it's coming in on a year that's so weird and different and it, like yeah. you said, it is kind of just replacing what E3 would have been. So we'll see if they continue it now or whether even is going to happen with E3 next year. If only uh, G4 still existed. They could do something with that. You can blame, well, other than G4 just dying because of G4, but you can also... I, I blame cops for G4 dying. <laughs> they had already started putting other things on G4 by the time cops got there. Yeah. That was just... Like, the cool thing was putting, like, the anime stuff that kind of made sense, but then once they started putting cops and, like, other reality and shows, it was like, oh, this it is was like cops. It was, like, endless marathons of cops and cheaters, and I'm like, yep, yep. prime yep. demographic right here. This has gone down the drain. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2 got announced. That's cool. I was Sweet. a fan of the first Rogue Legacy, so one of the first um, roguelike games that got popular. So, yeah, I, I don't know if... Jens, you or Marker? I played a lot of it. I don't. I I beat it a few times. A few times. I don't like roguelikes, so it's not for me. Why? Why not? 
Yens, you're not a... It's not my genre. You don't like having to repeat the same thing? Yep, would... exactly. Okay. It's not even the same thing. The, the the map's different every time. Uh, yeah, the randomization. I don't know. It's just not... Uh, it just feels like a um, grind. Some of, honestly, some of the combinations of characters you can get on that game make it worth <laughs> make it worth it i enjoy okay. i'm like i'm with you rogue like rogue games are very hit and miss with me uh i did rogue legacy back when we did the backlog busting project with wes and uh, i really enjoyed this one it was pretty good well rogue light is the one where they don't it's not procedurally generated right it is just repeating the same thing and then rogue like is the one that's procedurally i don't know yeah, mark that... you're the one that uh at this point, they're pretty interchangeable to me, and I don't infuriate someone, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, you know, Randy has finished Resident Evil 3 yes. uh, Remake, so he will get to talk about it in a little bit here. But before we talk about Resident Evil 3, uh, sort of, I guess, the big news that has been, I guess, revealed in the time that since we did a last show is not really, because the same guy also said that we're supposed to be a soft reboot of Silent Hill, and then that got squashed by Konami, so we'll see. But there's been a lot more legs to this with Resident Evil 8. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about Resident Evil 8 already being kind of in development, and that it's first person like Resident Evil 7, and that it's also starring the same protagonist, Ethan Winters, as 7. Randy is someone that, uh, you know, reviewed Resident Evil 7 and enjoyed Resident Evil 7. How do you feel about getting another one in that kind of same style. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind the first-person perspective, so I'm okay with that. It's a good mix. I mean, if they can go back and forth with the over-the-shoulder stuff with some of the, the remakes and stuff and go first-person, you can do a lot of stuff with this series. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I've kind of avoided a lot of these spoilers stuff just because I want to wait whether these are true or not. I mean, you never know with the rumors, but he's been right with the Resident Evil series before, uh, but I, I figured after three, they would go back to the, the next in line before they start doing more remake stuff. So, I mean, this all makes sense to me that we'll get it next year. So is this the same team that did Resident Evil 7? Same style, same team? I would think so. Yes. Yeah. The, the question is, will Resident Evil 8 also have Triple Triad in it? <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I liked 7. I didn't get to play all the way through, but getting another one in this style and hopefully it's successful for them. I just wonder, like, does it get to the point where maybe it's too much, too fast? I mean, three Resident Evils in three years? People are getting a little, I mean, looking at reviews for Resident Evil 3 after I've played it, it, it seems like it's already <laughs> happening. Um, uh, but if they're all made by different teams and it's not like Assassin's Creed where they, they start feeling the same, where, I mean, you have one first person and you have one over the shoulder and you do more with that resistance stuff, which I still need to get into, uh, at least keep it a little different. I, I, I think it'd be okay. I just, I don't know. Just somebody tap me on the shoulder and let me know when we see the continuing adventures of, uh, Wesker's son, Jake, as he deals with Neo umbrella. That's when I'll yeah. jump back into the series. Big Mueller come, coming at you. Hey, you got to wait for resident evil six to get remade, sir. Well, that mean, well, you mean six, two, and they uh, added something like they added to the Ada co-op campaign, which is like nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about that on the last show, how like yeah. it, it's basically like a bad mod. Yeah. Like they just modded another character in. Yeah. Because you're the only one who's going to do anything. Yeah. And you're like teleporting all over the game because you don't have a mode of uh, um, traversal for certain parts and stuff. Yep. It's bizarre. Anyway. But sorry, Resident Evil 8. Um, yeah. Ethan Winters to continuing adventures. Well. 
There you go. Eat the winter to continue adventures. It would be, um, it'd be cool to see how they go on from that. Two of you guys were not here to talk about this, so I'll be interested to hear your take on it, but there's been a little bit more information on those Super Mario remasters that are still have not been confirmed by Nintendo, but you'd imagine that this is one of those uh, E3 digital presentation things that they were waiting to uh, mm-hmm. show off. The big rumors about Super Mario 3D games uh, showing up on Switch as part of the 35th anniversary now has a little bit more legs to it with the chance that Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy all show up in one package as huh. an anniversary edition for one fee. I mean... Nothing on Galaxy 2? Yeah, there's no... Uh, the only things that we have info on are 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, and then uh, 3D World will be getting a deluxe version. Huh. So don't know if Galaxy 2 gets put in there and it's just there and not a I mean, lot of talk ho- about it or... I would hope so. I mean, those, yeah. to be fair, just playing the first Galaxy, my main thing of that besides the graphical update is like not having those gimmicky Wii motion controls. It's just going to make Galaxy look better. Well, Galaxy already came to a different console, so yeah. Did it? Uh, the, there's an Android, like Chinese Android device, and came, oh. Galaxy 1 and 2 came to that thing. Okay. Like, Nvidia Shield or whatever in like Japan, in Japan or China. Uh, Japan, yeah, China. China. Sorry. All right. But yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, it might take you some while, but you can play play that game on an Android tablet fairly easily. Well, no, I was just to get myself an Android tablet and a Chinese Nintendo account. I don't know what how you can go it's about Android. this. Android, there's no security in that thing. Sure. What do you think, Randy? Are you excited for this? Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm a little disappointed that it seems like they're getting away from just bringing out old games, and they're just you have to wait for them to remake them and stuff now, uh, instead of polishing out some of their classic console stuff that they were doing for the online stuff that just seems to, to be fair, not Sunshine do anything does anymore. Need the treatment, though. Also, you're, you're literally just played Resident Evil 3. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm talking, like, Capcom doesn't have a system where they have a, a tab where you can play old <laughs> Capcom Yeah, but they, they've also been doing that for the past two generations, and people are sick of that. And yeah. it's like, how many how many more times do I have to play Mario World or, you know, Mario 64. Well, I mean, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's before you just had to, you had to buy the game over and over if you wanted to. Now they were building this thing that seemed really cool, where you had your little virtual console thing that they just kept adding games to randomly, and now they've just stopped doing that, and yeah. that's disappointing. It was free with your online subscription, so it was a, it was a cool little addition, and all the little side parts of some games that they added to were cool so i mean it's still cool that they're remaking these and they're going to make them a big collection i, I remember having the zelda collection on the GameCube. Uh, the, the gamecube one and that was a cool little collection that they did so i'm, I'm cool with them celebrating it would be what 35th anniversary or something for mario for that i'm still waiting for nintendo to get on board with the achievements and trophies and stuff because i, I want to collect trophies in these old games i mean yeah that would really make it worth it i think to be able to go through and do trophies and um stuff like that make it really feel like you're but accomplishing playing the, playing the game is its own reward man i just be happy. I, did. I did i did play it for its own reward now now i want to do it for extra shit right I, i'd just be happy with the switch being like a comprehensive repository of the classic nintendo stuff yeah. Like yeah. basically, if I never have to take my Wii or my Wii U out of the box again and can just have all the relevant games, like there's only a couple of Wii games that I really would want that are still missing and a couple of Wii U games. And then they've basically got everything over 
So if they bring over I the Galaxy, by the time the Switch is done, we are going to have almost all the Wii U games that matter. Yeah, it will be. It'll be close at least. From the Wii, we still we'll need like Last Story and um, oh, what's that game where you go up the tower? I, f- I forget what it's, what that's called. There are a couple of them that that I would like to see brought over. But yeah, if they bring over the two Galaxies and 3D World, uh, I think we'll be in. You know, I'd be happy to play those again, especially if they're doing a lot of work to it. I don't think those were ever going to come to the virtual console or whatever their subscription service are. They're just too big for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I do think that that's good because as we saw, I think in our chat when, when I mentioned it, right, as you did have, uh, I mean, Robert and I saw other people, uh, you know, around the interweb saying, Oh, well, here's Nintendo getting to prove that the Switch is a port machine. And that's all it is, and we're getting that's more not, old old shit, you know. That's not new, um, also. I mean, right, well, it's, it's not like a... Right, yeah, but... It's the, not, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm just saying, it's not like Nintendo is not making plenty of original games, like this argument that, like, you know, they're going to flood it with nothing but ports. It's kind of ridiculous. Right, but it's... Is it really a port when you're make, taking the time to re put new stuff in there, and then also, you know, update the graphics and everything else? I mean... At least that's probably the case in Sunshine and Navy Galaxy, but I mean, I think it's you're allowed to celebrate your franchise when it's been able to live on for 35 years. And Pandora's Tower is the game I was yeah. thinking of. And, and I think it's to be fair, like with what's going on. I mean, can you really expect Nintendo I mean, to? Again, look at Capcom; they put their games out everywhere repeatedly. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, but so. Capcom also told you straight up. We're doing this, whether you like it or not. So, and obviously, people didn't care because they keep buying it. So, <laughs> yeah, but like putting like you know six Mega Man games together, it just shows you how little they've changed over the years. Like at least you know six Mario games, they will differ quite a bit from one another, at least graphically, yeah. if not how they play. Yeah, I mean that also comes down to Nintendo didn't overdo it with Mario, right? They had their spinoff games, right? But they didn't just release twenty mainline Mario titles per console. You know, so that's also what's kind of led it to. Yo, where is the the HD version of Hotel Mario from the Philips CDI? That's my question. <laughs> you know what? I didn't dislike that. I liked that game when I was a kid. Or the, the, the terrible Mario is missing for the SNES. I learned a lot from that game. <laughs> you learned that Mario could go missing. <laughs> hey, Luigi can do stuff by himself too, man. Uh you know, he's proven it with Luigi's Mansion. He's he can he can have his own game. Let him okay. have a life too, you know. He doesn't need to be in Mario's shadow forever. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> finally also talking on the Nintendo front, another I guess sort of franchise of Nintendo's. Um well it's been mostly appearing on Nintendo systems even though this one was on gonna be on PS4 as well. Uh, Cookie Mama Cookstar, the latest in the Cookie Mama franchise, was supposed to come out at the end of last month, and then all of a sudden just disappeared. And uh, IGN did a big story about this that it, like they couldn't figure out who the publisher was. You couldn't figure out who the developer was. There was like three different publishers on this uh, on this game at one point. Um, then all of a sudden, yesterday comes out reports that apparently. Cookie Mama Cookstar was removed from the eShop because it had a cryptocurrency DRM in it. 
uh, we using blockchain technology. So, uh, like, it was it farming for cryptocurrency while you were playing the game? I, I think it was farming even when you weren't playing the game. It was just what? like installing the Switch or the PS4. Yeah. Well, you also had to have it using the internet or whatever. As soon as you connected to the internet, it would start the cryptocurrency uh, data collection. But then uh, the developers said that that's not true, that that wasn't in there. Um, but then, you know, you had people data mine and it in fact was not in there, but you could also tell that it was in there at one point just removed and that it does affect the battery of the switch when you play the game because it was removed so badly. So think about that. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I think the publisher is headed up by, or it's owned by some subsidiary by the, uh, the surviving Coke brother. Yeah. Well, for Coke, oh. Koch Media, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, That's fun. No, no, it's it's just funny, like, to think about, like, we're talking about a, a see, game see, where you cook stuff. And we have well, to... you, see, you see, folks, the Switch really is just an Android tablet. <laughs> Randy, how do you feel about games now taking your data and then using it? You know? I'm sure it's not the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the first <laughs> one that got caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mobile games do it all the time, so man, we don't yeah. we don't think about it uh, at all. But yeah, just to think about it's such like it's supposed to be this wholesome game, and it's got this terrible, uh, terrible backstory to it. But you know, I was a big fan of the Cookie Mama games on the DS, so sad to hear this one has a a the terrible backstory. To it. Yeah, <laughs> some some nefarious stuff. But all right, so let let's talk about. Uh, the games we've been playing, might as well start off with uh, the big one, Randy, Resident Evil 3 Remake, man, a lot of mixed thoughts, you have a lot of people that really, really enjoyed it, and then Saipo just did not like it at all, where do you fall on? I'm so in the middle of it, <laughs> like, I have to write a review for the website tomorrow, and I have no clue uh, where I'm going to score it yet, Uh Graphically, it's just like Resident Evil 2, just absolutely fantastic, stunning, amazing. Uh, the audio as well is just so great. Um, re- like With the original, Mark and I were talking about this earlier today. With the originals, I loved two more than three anyways. Um, so I obviously had more of a nostalgia feel for two. Uh, I, then I, I, I think uh, everyone had more nostalgia for two than three. <laughs> uh, but people, have, to me, I mean, it's been a while since I've played Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, the original one. But people that I've seen on reviews have like this rose-colored glasses feel about Nemesis that I just don't understand. So I I, I think a lot of people think that Mr. X in the remake of 2 was what Nemesis was in the original Resident Evil 3, and that's not the case at all. <laughs> he didn't follow you around everywhere. You, right. you, you, went out of, you went through a door and he was gone. And then he would show up in another set piece. And that's how he works in this game as well. He's more of a set piece situation. There's parts early on in the game when you're you're more in the, the open part of the town where it feels like he's following you around everywhere. But that's just because it's a more open area. And then after that is more set pieces and, and cut scenes and stuff. He's, I, I will say that Mr. X made me completely nervous to play Resident Evil 2 Remake. And Nemesis made me cuss more just because of when he would come out and he popped out at just the most random times. And just, he, he made me like jump out of my seat more than anything else. Um, 
but yeah, just like the originals, Resident Evil 3 is a lot more action-based. It's a lot more on combat. They've completely stripped it of all of the puzzles. Uh, I remember in the demo, they, they had showed a puzzle that I remember from the original that I was excited to solve, and it was a side thing. Like, you find pieces to it, and you just throw it in there, and you get extra items and stuff. There are no puzzles in this game, which is really disappointing, because I don't remember Resident Evil 3 having some really weird puzzles to solve. So that's a little disappointing. Um, there's also a point where it reminded me of a session in Resident Evil 4 where it was like a gauntlet of of zombies and hunters and stuff that you had to keep away from a certain situation. I'm trying not to, to hit spoilers for anybody that, that, that hasn't doesn't know the story at all but there's a point where you have to keep them away from a certain spot and it was just wave after wave and it's like this isn't the resident evil i like to play which is why i'm not as big on four as most people are because i don't like the action parts but it's it's put together really really well uh i think they tied up the story better than they did in the original they they added a few pieces in there that, that made it work really well i know everyone hates carlos's hair but i like his character better in this one than the original um, and his hair's fine, and you can get his original hair if you really want to fix it. It looks weird. Uh, but all in all, the game's really, really good. It's not as good at Resident Evil 2, which I didn't think it was going to be anyways. Um, I also hear a lot of people like, oh, they made it in a year. It's like, I, I don't think people realize that this was supposed to come out with Resident Evil 2, and then they kind of got behind on things, so they just decided to split it up. Uh, which is why it kind of feels like DLC for Resident Evil 2. I, I think, honestly, if they were able to, to reach their mark last year and have 2 and 3 come out at the same time, that would have easily been my game of the year, because this is a very good told story. It took me about six and a half, seven hours to play. Um, but I'm I'm so mixed, because there's, there's parts in this game that just make me scratch my head, and it's not as good as, as 2. But it's not as bad as some other people think. I, I'll probably be around the the eight range, but I can go anywhere from seven to nine. I'm I'm so I'm conflicted. How do you feel about like? Do you think you would have instantly loved it more if they would have kept the puzzles in? Yeah, I, I mean, I like the puzzle. I mean, they're so over the top, but I love the puzzles in our in the Resident Evil series. I mean, that's part of it for me. It's because they they took away the the scariness of the zombies and stuff. Because obviously with the dodge mechanic and stuff i mean you can get around the zombies pretty easily um so it's taken away that horror aspect of it and it made it more just actiony so to to balance that out with the puzzles i think would have been a little bit better um again i know a lot of people hated that nemesis is more cutsceney and and more sporadic but i don't think they could have done with with nemesis what they did with mr x in in the police station because for the most part Resident Evil 3 is very linear. There's only a couple sections where you can kind of work around. So him following you around would just been him following you down a corridor the whole time. So I, I don't think that mechanic would have worked in this game. So I liked what they did with Nemesis. Well, Mark, I mean, I know you're you were looking forward to the game to, with all of what's been said. And does it hamper your like how much how excited you were to play it or no? Because I mean, I'm. I didn't actually like a lot of the puzzles in RE2. Like that, like, stupid fucking chess puzzle. That's like, oh man, this is really annoying. <laughs> uh, Makes I mean, you think I, for a minute. Not really. It just made me, you know, look up a guide. I'm like, I'm 
just want to get through this and go. Oh, but you're cheating though at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he likes to put. He, he cheats all the time. He was telling me about Resident Evil Three, how he's just going to get all the infinite weapons yeah. and plays. That's not playing the game. <laughs> uh, so we'll be playing Resident Evil Six soon enough. <laughs> well, but we will have already beaten it properly, so we'll have had the real experience. Yeah, it's it's like uh, you know, um, you you play. Uh, what was it? NBA Jam was my favorite thing to. Well, okay, we played a couple games normal. Okay, let's start putting like the hot spots and the crazy shit mm-hmm. in there because you know whatever. But once yeah. you play it the first time, go for it. And and I will say, Resident Evil Three, uh, while it is a shorter game than two because it's only the one scenario, so you don't have mm-hmm. four different playthroughs to go through. They do a cool thing where uh, you have uh, missions to do, which are kill so many enemies or find every uh, every locked box or play through the game and only use a med kit once or stuff like that where you get coins and then you use those coins to unlock items so you can unlock items early than they were in the game or you can unlock different weapons or or unlimited ammo and stuff so then you can really start messing around with the game so it for completionists out there or people that really want to like mark that wants to break the game but do it the way they would like you to break the game they have that in there for you all right so, like, do you feel like that also hurts the game, not having the replayability of, like, where you could go through the different scenarios, like, two? Or... Not really. I, I I got my fill with the story. I'm going to go back and play it again just because I enjoy that, that universe. But but just having the one scenario is fine. I don't know what they could have done with it. Like, I don't really want to play as Carlos more. They do a good job. You have a couple segments with him. So it's not like you can have a scenario B where you're playing as Carlos. Because most of the time he's just hanging out at the subway station. But what so, about what if you're just playing as a giant flock of tofu? <laughs> yeah, it would be cool if they brought something crazy like that back. It, honestly, actually, it would be better. There, there's a villain that shows up in the middle of this game. Again, I don't want to spoil anything. It would be kind of cool to have a scenario where you play as him, because he always seems to be a step or two ahead of you. So it'd be really cool to see what he goes through to set things up. So I will say that that would be cool. Well, yeah. Are you I, upset? Are you- are you upset about they changed the skirt to a skort? No, because you, you can switch it back if you want. Oh, as part of that outfit? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's a te- total Tempest in a teapot. Yeah. Oh, no. I, what I've seen is people complaining about that they made uh, Jill ugly. What? No, she's yeah, gorgeous. Th- that they made for, Jill... For a video game like, character. <laughs> that they made Jill look like a guy. That's ridiculous. Whatever. Her facial structure is more of a man's facial no. structure or whatever it is. Jill's like, a badass. It's all part of the social justice plot, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all, uh, oh my god, we had to change it because you know people are gonna complain. And Jill uh, has some what? Jill has some one-liners in this game that are fantastic. She's she's yeah. great in this game. Uh, the so I did want to get everybody's thought on this just because it was something that was brought up a lot uh, that I saw uh, being on Twitter, and I had to make a comment about it as well. How do you feel about the the game is six hours? It shouldn't be sixty dollars. Why? Other games are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to get you because I saw a lot of people saying it's six hours. That's not also, worth I mean, sixty dollars. It has a multiplayer but... mode, so it's basically like a Call of Duty. Well, I mean, yeah, Call. Of... I just is it actually campaigns. good? Like, I haven't tried it yet. It's it's on there, and actually, there there are two standalone games. There are two different icons on my PlayStation Four. They just threw them together. It would have been cool if they could have split them up, honestly, and made this a thirty dollars game. 
Um, but no, I, I, six hours is fine, especially because you can replay it. There's hard modes, there's extra missions in there, there are not extra missions, but extra items you can collect and you can play it differently. And it's totally fine. It's hey. like not every game has to be a hundred hours to be good. I played Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge was like four hours long. Quantum Assault was like four hours long. Uh, Wanted Weapons of Fate was like four hours long. I think Caden Lynch was like three hours long. And most of those early like Gears of War games, the uh, yeah. campaign is not very long either. Yeah, Gears games are like yeah. six. I mean, people are also complaining. They haven't even gotten the game yet. Most of them are complaining about Final Fantasy VII Remake's length. But, you know, I think you said about like it being 30 hours. And it's like, that's fine. That's that's normal. Okay, you see, this is the misconception I think people a lot of, a lot of people have. Like, most RPGs are not Dragon Quest or Persona length. Most RPGs are thirty to forty hours that come out nowadays. And, and even I back in say, the day, and I want to say the original Final Fantasy VII was like thirty forty hours. Yeah, no, the people was... that spent. Yes, it was. Is if you went around doing everything, yes, it was more than forty. But if you went and kind of sort of did some things you didn't really mess with the mini games that much and whatever you could beat it in like 30 35 hours you can say that about any rpg though i know but you it just, you just mainline persona 5 that, that can only take you 40 hours really but 40 hours is a lot of game though like you're still talking about 40 hours like we're not talking about oh we you made the game go from 30 hours to six you know like I, I just think people are complaining way too much about things like what they stretched out what is essentially like what three three to four hours of game mm-hmm. into 30 and you're complaining about that. I mean, I, I just don't. And they made it look super beautiful the entire time. I mean, my God, what, what do you it's want? Plenty substantial. I, I don't understand this. These complaints. Also, yeah, if you don't if, like it, don't play it. Yeah, if the game's good, the game's good. And the one thing you'll, you'll, you know, okay, you know what? I, I shouldn't say anything like this, but we're also not talking about like Nintendo titles. We're talking about two companies that have no problem go- putting games on sale very quickly in Square mm. Enix and Capcom. So you will probably find Resident Evil 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake for at least 40, if not I mean, less, very quickly. Resident, so you can get Resident Evil 2 right now for 20. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, but that game's also what a, almost a, a year and a half old. No, it's only a year old. Yeah. Well, a year and three months, but still, like. Yeah, but yeah. Nintendo has games that are five years older than that. They're sixty bucks. Well, that's that's what I'm saying, though. This is, we're not talking about Nintendo title. We're talking about two companies that will gladly put their games on sale, yeah. and you will you'll be able to get them cheaper. So, you know, if you're going to complain about the length of a game, most likely those games will be on sale, and you can buy them at whatever price you deem. I mean, is fair for. I, I think I think most people would also rather have a shorter game than a longer game. I, I'm I'm in I that mean, boat. Yeah, Mark and I have that all the time. It, 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 I mean, it depends on how much you actually like the game. But generally speaking, like, believe me, Persona Five was like 20 hours shorter. I don't think I would necessarily mind. <laughs> Trust me, like, <clears throat> the main reason why I did not finish Dragon Quest until I played it on the Switch was because I can't sit in front of my TV for 80 hours anymore like that like you know when you're when you don't have responsibilities when you're a kid or maybe you're one of these people that i don't know uh i don't know that where these people get all this time that complain that their game's not 100 hours long but not, not every game needs to be a skyrim yeah i it's like 
Yes, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's okay to have a, one Skyrim or whatever, or, or one Persona 5 or, or one Dragon Quest. But like, if you want every RPG or every big game to be a hundred hours long, cool. I'm glad if you really spend that time to finish all those games, that's awesome. But most people don't. And that's why most people don't finish games nowadays because all these open world games have to be 50, 60 hours long because you have the people complaining that there's not enough content in there to justify $60. And I don't think that that's right. I mean, that's the rationale for why they really bloated Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I like that game a lot more when it was only like 20 to 30 that's hours, not 80 hours. See, that's a huge turnoff for me. It's like, I know I'm never going to play Odyssey because it's just too daunting. And I know I'm not going to want to put that much time into an Assassin's Creed game anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I finished, I think I finished Origin without hitting like, I think there was like 20 map, 20 different like map areas. I, didn't, I only hit like eight of them. And I, 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 I hit the main, I, I completed the main story and I'm like, that's a problem. Like, you don't you don't see that this might be an issue. Like, you just overstuck this game too much to you not know, even care. <laughs> My biggest issue with all that too is the people that are complaining that Resident Evil is too short. Resident Evil Three is the same people who would complain when if Resident Evil got padded out to be twelve hours because they then yeah. say, oh well, you got you're now you're doing a bunch of boring stuff for six hours. You know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, Capcom could have if you if they're so worried about like making the game longer. You get to a point where you're trying to get a vaccine or something and say, instead of, okay, you're here to there, say you've got the vaccine. Now you have to take it all the way back to the RPD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people would complain. Oh, this was a terrible section. Well, then <laughs> what do you want from them? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, speaking of the very Persona 5 Royal that uh, we've we've discussed here, uh, both the ends and Mark have now been playing it. Uh uh-huh. I'm playing it right now. <laughs> what? Like why we're? Well, that's right. How you're dare also... you, sir? How dare you know? Yeah. I, I guess you can you can play this background game since you've played it like four times and yeah, you're skipping all the dialogue. I know everything. Yeah, I'm just gonna plow into this dungeon. Like, yep, Man. I know these codes. I'm so glad that like I didn't do my second playthrough of original Persona Five because now I can actually like just kind of do this as my second playthrough and you know really just pay attention listen to every line of dialogue, do all the things, and it's still, it doesn't feel like uh, I'm wasting my time or like I'm, it's overly familiar. Like enough time has passed where it feels fresh again. Yeah. And I like the new stuff. I I, I love the introduction of the new character. Kazumi? Yeah, Kazumi. Yeah. They, they introduce her really early on in the tutorial section, and then I've met her again on the train. And yeah, she, she pops up like once, once or twice more, and then like around like a little further, like Around the after the second dungeon, like she actually becomes like a like a important character. <laughs> yeah, she seems really nice, and uh, man, like I, I mean, that game also Persona Five always looked great. It always was very stylish, but just having and it's not all that. It's funny because not all the graphics are in four K. Like a lot of the character portraits and kind of overlays and stuff are still obviously the ten eighty p graphics, but the stuff that's actually rendered in three D is just so like nice and sharp now. And it's got the HDR colors, so it's like a little bit more vibrant. It's a really, really great looking game now. Yep. I mean, I don't have a cool TV, but it looks nice to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a slight upgrade, but a, a notable one for sure. Like it's yeah. just it's ever so slightly sharper. And uh, yeah, the new mechanics are cool. I, I like having that gun, being able to use that gun a lot. Yeah, but I noticed I also decreased the ammo quite a bit. Yes. Eventually. Oh. Hmm. I mean, that's, it's, the, it's, that's, that's the trade-off. Is yeah, the gun yeah. is more available, but there's less ammo. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. 
and but, yeah, uh, you, that's a worthy trade-off, I think. Like, I'd much rather have that than. And you're right, Mark. Uh, that DLC is uh, pretty powerful. Yeah, there's one. I bought the DLC. You get like a bunch of free DLC, but there was like there's like two like game DLCs that are that are good. One is just items you don't really need it that much. But one is like a few personas, and one person like breaks the game entirely. Actually, two of them do, because one of them you can get like the best item, the best armor in the game, and the other persona, uh, every time you deal that or every time you win a battle, you get instantly rehealed, and it also has an attack that like decimates everything. <laughs> yep. So what it definitely makes the early you... dungeons kind of a cakewalk, but yeah. uh, that's fine. So, sorry, so for, Sean. So for Randy and I, who I I've played a little bit, but I didn't ever get to anywhere near finishing it and randy who has never played is this the definitive way to to play persona 5 oh yeah I probably i probably wouldn't go back to the old one i don't know exactly how different it is yet other than the new character i mean oh, it's I mean, mostly the same well they add in like a third I, they add in like a third big town for you to go around in well yeah but i haven't gotten any of that yeah, stuff I mean, yet so have, I, but... I can't judge it have you done it yet yeah yeah okay that's where you that's where you meet up the new girl uh, she hangs out there, and so does Akechi now as well. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, there's like different areas, like different nights. Like you can go to like a jazz club, which I, I don't have access to yet. But there's like a temple you can visit. Uh, a really a billiards thing, like a pool hall, and then a darts game, which is really terrible. <laughs> yeah, motion control darts. Yeah, like it's, it's well, I figured out that you can you can just press X to throw the dart, which is the way it should be. But it's like you you aim the like the dart reticle with the uh, with the controller, and it's like why you, you have to like move it around and you have to like lock it into place. And like once you lock it in like one quadrant, the dart will like move about randomly. It's like press X or you know swing the controller to like throw it. And it's like who, who thought of this? <laughs> well, Is Yakuza like didn't you learn from the Yakuza? Like that was that was fine. <laughs> Well, brought on the Yakuza Darts Dev in Final Fantasy VII Remake as well. So, yep. Uh, every game, every oh. game has a darts mini game and a fishing mini game. That just shows how influential Deadly Premonition was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm in the third dungeon right now. Uh, I mean, it is, it has changed somewhat. Like, not that like nuts and bolts of the story per se, but like there are a lot of like little changes for good and some for bad. I mean, but yeah, I really like it. Yep, and I'm enjoying it a lot too. That's good. That it's you guys are... still wonderful. Still one of the best JRPGs ever made. If you like that genre at all, you should play it. And obviously, if you're not into that, if you're not into the genre, then I, I know lots of people who you know have tried playing Persona games and fallen off them early on because they just don't have the patience for them or they're too slow. I know Mark, you complained about like you wish they had you well, know sped ready. up the ramp up. Yeah, I well I you know it's I think the game should go like. Hey, you 100% of Persona 5, the original one. You know the score. Let's just show you the new shit and let's keep, let's get going. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, know. in your case, you didn't 100% the game, or I mean, you didn't, you didn't play it in years. Yeah. So then, yeah, if you want to see like everything, fine. Like, I don't, I don't hold it against you, but it's like, yeah, for me, I'm like, man, I'm... I don't want to have to keep going to this Kamashita shit over and over. Well, especially since I'm going to have to play this game at least twice to get all the trophies. <laughs> Again, not 100%ing Persona games makes me like Persona games better, I think. I'm just playing them to enjoy them. So where where do we classify? Is this uh, an expansion? Well, it has different trophies, a... so I would call it a new game. 
That's it's a weird criteria. I, I, I'm going to reserve judgment on whether or not it qualifies as a new game or whether I would consider it for game of the year, depending on like how substantial the new stuff is. So I'll, I'll let you know when I finish it. We, we already know Randy's take. He loves it. Yeah, I, I just want to argue. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, it's not a new game. We should, talk about, we should talk about the argument we had about it, what new Resident Evil game will be remade. <laughs> that was a fun yeah. argument, too. <laughs> uh, speaking of JRPGs, uh, Sean, you and I, we both played the Bravely Default 2 demo. Yes, you got a lot further than I did. But... Yeah, I did the I did that dungeon, which I ended up going back and farming a whole bunch in the Outer World. Mm-hmm. And, and like going back and like stocking up on health potions and stuff, because the first time I went into that dungeon, they're like the first time like four bunnies came up to me and just decimated the, the team. Oh. Like those those bunnies will do like you know four hundred damage, which is half. Your characters start out yeah. at like eight hundred health, so they'll take half your health away in one attack. And just wipe out your group, and I'm just like, man, I'm not I'm not good enough for this. Like I've got to go and like it's weird to be grinding um, in, in a, a demo. demo. Yeah, <laughs> but of course the demo, like with the last Bravely Default, they did the thing where the demo is unique from the main game, mm-hmm. and you're gonna carry some stuff over. I'm assuming. So it's not like you're wasting it's it doesn't feel like you're wasting your time, right? It's unique content. And it's pretty substantial content too. I haven't finished it yet, but uh it's uh it's really great. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, like I love the art style. I've always liked the Bravely Default art style, but like seeing it kind of basically like adapted to what the Switch can do. When they first like pan across the the town, that desert town that's now become flooded since the the you know uh, it's like weird. You're in the desert, but but ever since the crystals were taken, the the water level has started to rise. And at first, the townspeople thought this was great, but then but then the water didn't stop rising. They're like, oh no, <laughs> you know, we'll be completely flooded eventually. Yeah. Uh, so you so you're dealing with that, and like the first time the camera pans through that, it's almost like a vanillaware game in how the environment looks. Like it's got that painterly feel. But of course, since it's bravely default, it's like a combination of 2D art and 3D art, which is mm-hmm. really nicely layered. They do nice perspective stuff with that. Um, it looks really awesome. I, I love uh, walking to the town. And you definitely see that when you walk through. As you go further up or down, as you're walking by, you can see that the, the paint layered on. It's uh, it's very good. The soundtrack is good as well. It's in, it's in the demo. Did you oh, yeah. play around with the um, the jobs and subjob thing? Yeah, I, I'm really happy with the job system and how flexible it is. I mean, of course, that's typical for Bravely Default, but it's just good to see basically each character. And it's kind of the old, it's the old group. So, you know, you'll recognize your characters from Bravely Default, but they've got, you know, you've got the freelancer, which is basically like an adventurer or rogue type class with skills like Lucky Charm, Body Slam, or like gaining extra XP. Yeah. And you've got Monk, which is like a melee class. You've got two mage classes, White Mage and Black Mage, which is like the defensive magic and offensive magic. Right. Uh, and then you've got Vanguard, which is like a tank class. And basically, each character plays with, the, with the, you know, starts at the beginning of the demo. Each character starts with the same level of HP and same level of SP. And you can kind of, you know, do whatever you can assign whatever you, one of the classes you can assign as your main class, one as your subclass, and you do whatever you want. You can kind of uh, assign whichever classes you want to whichever character. So it's very flexible. It's almost like Final Fantasy XII level flexible. Yeah. I, I love that that you could go through and and pick which you know which ones you wanted and then also have characteristics of 
you, know, you can make a black mage that also can can do cure. You can make a you know a vanguard that can do some you know pretty heavy attacks. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's just totally. Um, and you figure out really quick what works and what doesn't uh, because some of the they they are, they made the demo hard on purpose. They tell you that when right. you first start it, also like to force you to experiment. Uh, yeah, so that you have to figure out. Oh wait, this combination doesn't really work. Uh, I have to default more. I have to, you know, I have to whatever you want to do with that battle system. There's it's a lot of tinkering and a lot of you know getting used to. Uh, and of there's course, been a couple of times I thought I was almost going to die. <laughs> oh, I, I died a lot. Yeah. Based on whatever your configuration is for your characters, you also un- start unlocking different passive skills mm-hmm. that you can have on that you can equip. Um, so, yeah, there is just a lot of depth uh, already just in this demo, and I've been really enjoying it. I'm glad you called out the music. I'm really happy that Link to Horizon is back. Yeah. So I, I was not a huge fan. Like I like. So I love Bravely Default, the soundtrack, fantastic soundtrack. Uh, Bravely Second is okay. It's not the same people, and they, they it doesn't have the themes. So mm-hmm. I was just super happy just booting that demo up, and it's like main menu, it's the Bravely Default theme and an awesome new version. Just like, yes, I'm home. Yes, yeah. sounds good. And then uh, also the, having that um, the extra systems. I mean, that's always been there, but just having to remember about that again of – making sure you have the correct weapons with the correct uh, classes because then there's too much weight on the characters mm-hmm. and it slows them down or or they're not it doesn't match them well so the attack isn't as potent as it should be it's it's like there's so much smart stuff layered in there that's uh great uh, RPG goodness yeah my only question of this is I, I wonder how this game is going to be for newcomers because it does kind of pick up from where bravely default left off that's not a game i think you can really you're going to be really lost, I think. It's like picking up Kingdom Hearts 3. If you want to play, you can, but you're not going to know what's going on. Yeah, like it's, a di- it's like very obviously a direct continuation. Even if you played a lot of Kingdom Hearts games, you still don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, Randy, you played like Kingdom Hearts 3 just randomly, nah, right? You... I haven't played it yet. It's oh, still yeah. downloaded on the Xbox. No, but I, I, I played, played one and two. So I've played some of the Kingdom Hearts games. It's just one of those I was going to play before Resident Evil 3 and then downloaded it and it's just still sitting there you had, you had, you had control to play instead which is a good game <laughs> oh it was good I, I enjoyed control well you beat it right so yeah you know. I, I didn't beat the boss that mark keeps wanting me to try <laughs> yeah maybe someday well you did play uh doom eternal randy so how do you well I, out, of, out of the 20 minutes of it i played today before my <laughs> daughter decided that my lap was where she needed to put her knees the whole time, and I had to turn it off. It's really good. Uh, it's uh, what you would expect: high action, crazy music, just over the top, everything. I, I it's really funny to I, I'm like trying to go through this first mission, looking for all these secrets and stuff, and trying to go slow. And then I look at my map, and it's like you've missed four secrets. Son of <laughs> it's like where are they? But yeah. it, it's been fun so far from the little bit I've played. Well, you finished Ori. Yes. So the reviews uh, up. Yeah. Um, I like looking back at it now. I, I still haven't decided if I like that one more than the first one or not. Uh, Story wise, I think the first one's better. Um, but I like that they added more combat to this one, and the bosses are so fantastic. But it's still just one of the more beautiful platformers you can play. Um, definitely, if you're into that kind of game, the Super Meat Boys, that the Ori's, those kind of games, uh, absolutely must play game for you. Uh, I 
one of those that I know I when we come back in December or January and do our game of the year stuff, uh, it's going to be one that's going to be high on my list, but I, I don't see it being good enough to be one of those top contenders, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what ends up coming out, right? Depending on... Right, you know, what, what long, gets canceled completely. Yeah, how long uh, this this continues on, uh, this situation, and what else mm. doesn't come out, or mm. gets delayed further into the year to the point where, you know, maybe not enough people got to play it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think right now you're looking at, you know, one of the top five, maybe top eight games of, of the year, with what's coming out and including, you know, the Final Fantasy Seven. Um, because everything is so up in the air. After Final Fantasy Seven, mm-hmm. you have some, you know, some smaller games like the Trials of Mana and and the Wonderful One O One, where that's a remaster. But uh, you know, like it's it's not it's not a huge slate that you have because everything got either delayed to September or it's delayed indefinitely. So yeah. yeah. It, it's crazy. We we saw this time when we, we were doing our year in review stuff, we were looking at the March, April, May of this year, just talking, there's so many games. And now so yeah. many games have been postponed and, and stuff yeah. that kind of open things up. Mark and I had a fun conversation the other day. He got mad at me because I, I stopped playing Bloodstained. I finally, yeah. <laughs> finally yeah. gave up on that. Uh, but it was so funny to me that I was sitting there at the same time working on four different games and not realizing I was playing four different Metroidvania games. <laughs> And all that came out last year, right? Oh, excuse yeah. me. Ori came out this year, but I was playing Ori. I was playing Control. I was playing Guacamelee 2 and I was playing Bloodstained and yeah. Bloodstained just didn't for me live up to that level of, of gameplay. But it was just funny when I got done with a bunch of them, I went, sure, I just beat three Metroidvanias all basically the same week and didn't even realize I was playing the same kind of game because that, that kind of game can is, is so broad and, and different. It was like, cause I don't even see Control as a, a Metroidvania, but it really is. Yeah, uh, you do a lot of going back and well, you, like you get like powers, and then it's like, oh, I can access this door now, or right? I mean, yeah, it literally yeah. has key cards that, like, oh, now I can access other level three doors. Is there a lot of three D Metroidvanias? Uh, I mean, it right. depends on how you classify the genre. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I people will disagree with me, but I think like that you could classify like Zelda as a Metroidvania. Yeah, well, I mean, some people want to classify Zelda as an RPG as well, so um, you know, it's. It just depends on where you wanna where you wanna put it. Uh, I classified as a Zelda like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much how much have you played of the Modern Warfare Two remaster, Randy? Uh, I'm four or five missions in. It's it's what you would expect. It's not like the Resident Evil remakes and stuff. It's it's I mean, just yeah, upres graphics and yeah, it's just like a new kind of pain essentially. Yeah, and, and which is fine with me. Uh, I'm not a huge Call of Duty person, uh, but Modern Warfare was the the series I got into. I played all three uh, when they came out. So, and Modern Warfare Two is probably my favorite. Uh, that no Russian mission still hits hard. <laughs> it's so brutal to go through, and it just it makes you just feel awkward still, uh, even all these years later. Um, but yeah, the combat's still good. Uh, the story's fine. Um, it's what you expect. I, I like that as well. It's only twenty bucks. I think twenty bucks is the right price for that kind of a, a thing. Cool. What if you could pay forty dollars more for the multiplayer? <laughs> People would do it. I, I I don't play. I didn't play Call. That, I think that's why I got out of the series so much. Is I don't play Call of Duty for the multiplayer. I'm just I'm not that good. At, yeah, at those I, that's why games. I didn't like Black Ops Three. Or I didn't want to review it. So right, it's like, they're just selling the single player campaign, right? 
Yeah. yeah. So just yeah. a single player. That's so cool. I wish they'd they done have, that all along. Um, they have special Modern Warfare 2 maps in Modern Warfare, the game that came out last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And it's not even made by the same people. It's 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 a it's well, no, a side Infinity Ward is involved, else. but like it's Raven. No, that's Warzone. I'm thinking of Warzone. Go ahead. Yeah, I can't think of the 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 company or yeah, you might the, you might be right. But so it's it's a different team that's working on it. But yeah, I mean it's very faithful. Obviously, it's just everything's up res. It looks nice for the PS4. So I mean, I know the review scores aren't aren't fantastic, but it's I don't think they're going for that. It's just an easy twenty bucks from a lot of people. A lot of people are going to yeah. buy this. Thing. Well, it's and it's nice for right now when you're yeah, trying to find absolutely. things to play and, you know and stuff like that. I mean. I get it. I'm I'm cool with it. Speaking of a fresh coat of paint, Mark, are you excited to play Saints Row Three with me, remastered for the PS4? No. Oh, no. maybe. I thought I mean, you I liked that game. What the? That's like the best, the best Saints Row, one of the best games ever. Come on. Uh, we'll see. Depends how much it is. <laughs> how was uh, that Animal Crossing treating you guys? Yeah, I don't Mark. Like it. So. <laughs> You'll have to tell me more. Last podcast, you talked about how you were kind of souring on it, but then you just talked about how you don't like fishing. So you're yeah. going to have to get into a little bit. I've got my reasons for why I'm souring on it slowly, um, but I'd like to hear more from you first. Yeah, it's just the, the activities aren't that much fun. There's a ton of items in the game, but they don't do anything. It's like, oh, oh cool, I bought a vending machine for my house. It's like, okay, uh, to decorate your house. Does it do anything? Yeah, that's like, the whole point. I mean, I, well, I also find the uh, like layout systems to be really terrible. <laughs> like, like as far as like placing items, I find the controls just really like just bad in general. Actually, uh, yeah i I don't want to visit other, I don't, don't want to visit Mystery Island because I want to the same two that has nothing nothing I care about. Well, whenever I go to an island, it's I just feel like strip mining like a Captain Planet villain. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, it's just it's just a lot of like stuff that like I mean I can see why like I see a lot of women getting into this game a lot more than guys. So you know. yeah, it is it is much more of the the female game. Mm. I mean yeah, it's just a, a ton of it's stuff. It's also I mean, a very kid friendly game. I yeah. actually would not agree with that at all because of how imprecise the controls are. Like trying to knock on a balloon in the sky with your slingshot is like an exercise in frustration. Because you don't have like an aiming reticle, it's just like you have to be at the right, right distance and keep getting this fucking thing and hoping. Mark, it's it's because you're getting too old and you, your hand-eye coordination's not as good yeah. as it used to be. You got to shoot what the balloon is going to be. Um, uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, I actually, I mean, Yen does. He doesn't like the uh, like repetitious fact, like or having to keep checking up on the island every day. I mean, I don't mind that, but I just find there's nothing to do, or it's just like. I don't want to. I don't really care about getting KK Slider to my island because I don't know who that character is. Yeah, but he does a sweet concert. Is it an animal? Animal ease, whatever the fuck it's called. I mean, it's not like he's not going to sound like BB King or anything, is he? (laughs) I actually. So I've got totally different complaints than you do. Like, sure, the controls are sometimes a little bit awkward and imprecise. I agree with that. Uh, um, That's not really the issue, and I still got enough stuff to do. Like, I've got progression ahead of me where it's not like I don't have things to work towards. But for me, a big part of it is just I've never liked appointment television and I don't like appointment gaming. Like, I really hate this thing of it's on a timer. And when it's nighttime in my real life, it's nighttime in Animal Crossing, which basically means that it's always nighttime when I play because I've got a freaking job 
And I can't log on to Animal Crossing at noon when the uh, um, the turnip prices are good. Well, uh, couldn't you time? I mean, I, yeah, I I have yet yeah. to actually see that turnip bitch because I never get up before Sunday at noon. Well, so. t- time travel will actually ruin. That's another thing. I ruined like a million bells worth of turnips via time travel because I didn't re- realize that if you time travel while you've got turnips, those turn- turnips are going to rot. So I wasted a bunch <laughs> of my money. Uh, but that's a different – you know what? I, I would have actually ruined those turnips anyway because I didn't log on for a few days. And like it's Sunday now, so they'd be rotten now anyway. But it's like this thing of like, okay, like I spent a whole – I spent like a lot of – I spent a lot of time – trying to get into people's islands to try and find good turnip prices. Like I went on this website where people were like posting like turnip prices on my island, are 400 bells for a turnip or whatever. And it's like, that's amazing. But because those turnip prices were so good, those islands were super busy and you could keep trying. You just kind of keep trying to connect and not get in. The island would either be full or you'd time out. Yeah. The whole like online system is frankly like insane. <laughs> well, what I hate is that every time you time out, like every time you need to retry, you have to go through all the menu, all the conversation over again. Like if you can't get into one of these turnip islands, uh, then, you know, you're at like the beginning of the conversation to say, like, okay, I want to fly. I, I, I want online. Okay. I want to search by a code. I'm going to enter the code each time. Then it's like, and then, oh, no, sorry, there's slots are full, or the island's closed now, or you timed out, and then you get to do it again. I want to fly. Okay, I want online, not local. I want to God. do it by code. So, it, like, I, I did that for a long time. And then I was just like, okay, fuck this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> sell my turnips right now. I've got a life to lead. And uh, again, then, of course, eventually, uh, I ruined those turnips. But so you've got like stuff like that. Then also things like, well, today is the last day when you can catch a stringfish. Yeah, I never and even the game doesn't tell you that at all. Like if the game, it does, said, game doesn't tell you anything. There's all that's like the whole. The, the, there's like a huge FOMO like factor with this and and uh, um, envy factor where you know you're you look at other people's islands and you're like, how did you get this cool thing? I want that cool thing. Oh, that cool thing appears between this hour and this hour on this day, and you missed it. So you're screwed, or yeah, you just have to be more dedicated to your Animal Crossing life. Uh, yeah, so but basically, again, you have to live on Reddit. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, you have to like live on Reddit, keep track of the stuff, or look at the guides and like figure out like, okay, I've got to log in, you know, before noon uh, during springtime to do this or whatever. And I just I don't play games that way, so I, I haven't completely stopped playing it. I'm actually enjoying it a lot more now that I've just kind of had have it be a thing that I log into very casually, spend like a half an hour doing one thing and then log back out, uh, and not even do it daily. Uh, but but you're it, missing it is, the miles. I am missing. I'm missing some of the miles, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, so you know that's just the thing that, and that's the thing that turned me off of previous Animal Crossing games. I will say this: this is probably the furthest that I've come in an Animal Crossing, but the fact that they've gamified so much of it, I know you like the miles mark, but like the fact that they've got all these like goals to string you along all the time, to me actually makes the timed aspect of it worse. Because again, it's, it's like trying to, it's now creating this like imbalance where on the one hand, it's pushing you to do more, more, more. On the other hand, there's things which are severely time limited or which you can only do at certain times. Yeah. So I feel like those two things are in conflict with each other and it's very frustrating. 
I think this I mean, game was helped and hurt by the fact of what we're going on right now with you have so many people that are at home oh, and yeah. not working, and so they have more time to play Animal Crossing and get all these things that you don't you don't get to have, right? Because you're still working. Yeah. Had this come out when this not happening, I wonder how much more you would have people experiencing this kind of thing where, God, I'm never going to have my own look at that, you know, or yeah, it's interesting. I know. As I said, I like nine to five, I can't play Animal Crossing. I just, it's not possible. Right. So you have a lunch break, man. Come on. I need my lunch break to eat lunch. Those 30 minutes, eat, man, like, they don't last very long. <laughs> just pop yeah. a can of ravioli out and then eat that and then <laughs> sure so yeah so i spent 10 minutes eating a frozen dinner and 20 minutes 20 minutes playing animal crossing great stuff uh i mean also i i got a recipe for this big fucking gundam robot on the island Ooh. and it has ingredients i didn't even know existed like in the game or i've oh. never even seen before there's so much stuff like that man and it's like okay yeah. i feel like look up, i had to like look up a guide and it's like one of the parts is like you need 30 uh, recycled chips or like 30 like uh, damaged like chips. And I was like, wait, there are computers on this island? Like, I mean, like, you know, and it's like you only get them, you only get like one a week at that. So it's like, okay, I guess I have to spend the next 30 weeks clicking this one chip over, you know, and hope, hope it comes. I actually I agree with Sean that I think the success, the, the, the success of this thing on social media has kind of hurt the game for some people because – all of these things are meant to be like naturally discovered. Like they're meant to be like neat things that are deliberately obtuse because you're just going to come across them one day and you're going to be like, oh, wow, I had no idea this was in here. But the actual experience now is just you see somebody post a clip on Twitter about how they have this cool thing and you're like, fuck, why don't I have that cool thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just. Um, I mean, I have a friend who's who's spent 100 hours in that game so far already. Yeah. No, and yeah. I can't, I can't fathom that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there are so not... many people. I think when Nintendo posts the whole, oh, it's this day, how many hours? You... And there's Sunny people putting in. Oh, I put 120 hours. I put 200. I'm like, holy crap. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, there's not enough going on in that game to hold my attention that much. Uh, and that's, exactly, that... that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like I guess it's the same people who spend like 100 hours playing The Sims, but it's like I, probably that, I, yeah. That game has a little more for like things going for it like shit at least work you know interacts with the neck game yeah. yeah i don't know again i'm still playing it every now and then i mean i haven't put it completely down i don't hate it but it certainly i just feel like there's nothing wrong with animal crossing necessarily i understand there's an audience for it i understand why people like it there's a lot of cute stuff that i see people making there's a lot of like people sharing videos with the village where i'm like wow that's awesome. Like, I'm kind of jealous of that. But I just think it may not be for me. And I had this suspicion before I bought it. We talked about it. Yeah. I was like, is this is this going to be the same thing that has happened with every Animal Crossing for me where I play it for a little bit and then just fall off it? And that's kind of the direction I think I'm going. Right. And it also helps this game is like, like you just said, Jens, yeah, like the perfect encapsulation of the... This fits in so well with the influencer culture and mm -hmm. the Instagram culture of, hey, I did this. Look at it. Oh, now you be jealous that I have it. You don't. It's like so that is it's such a popular game for so many different reasons. And, you know, if uh, things keep going where that becomes, I, I mean, it's still the thing that I see the most on my Twitter feed of 
all these gaming people playing that game. So mm-hmm. um, we'll be oh, interested yeah. to see once we get to next week if Final Fantasy VII eclipses it or it's still Animal Crossing uh, taking the cake. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think, uh, uh, Randy, are, are you going to have any inkling to play Animal Crossing at all? Or? No, absolutely not. I, yeah. for, the, the things that they're complaining about are the things that I know I would hate. So Yeah. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it, that's just not my kind of game. I know the people that play it absolutely love it. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's just, it's my, my numbing game is Minecraft. I, I can lose hours into that. So I, I don't need another one. Mm-hmm. So Sean, it's just you left with a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, I played more Pants with a Grun remake. Um, while I'm waiting for calls to, to come in and it's now that I've gotten better at the game and you know, you've realized, I think that if you kill a lot of the things in a level, you get way more continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it helped me be able to get further than I had at first. Um, so I, it's, it's good. It's just, um, you know, it's how much? Other, oh, okay. Huh? Oh, sorry. I didn't interrupt you, but I was curious. How much is it like? The Xbox, like I played, I think it was three, mm-hmm. was an Xbox Pandemic Connect game. Orto, hmm? yeah. Orto, so, yeah. That was uh, an original Xbox game. Yeah, I played. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Xbox One. It was an there was an Xbox One exclusive Panzer Dragoon. Uh, that, that was had connect- the. Uh, yeah, they it just came out. It it's um, I forgot what it's called. It's Panzer Dragoon something else. I'm just curious if I liked that, which I did. It's how much is dislike it? I mean, it's it's a, it's Panzer Dragoon. I mean, you fly it's, on your dragon and you shoot stuff. I mean, it's it's a bullet hell game, but you're riding a dragon instead. I mean, how, it's, how on rails is it? Or how much does it give you like branching paths and stuff? And no, no, no. It's this one is very on rails. The one thing you get to do is switch perspectives because the enemies come from any direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you will have it. Doesn't do it by itself. You have to actually manually. Switch directions. You have a radar on the right side of the screen that shows where the enemies are coming, but if you do not switch directions uh, in the right time, you're all of a sudden going to get whacked by enemies, and you have one bar uh, that goes to... And this is why it's important, because it's almost like a score game as well. Like You have to kill enough things, because if you don't, you don't get continues for that level when you complete it, and if you're like barely making it through, and you got to go to the whole next level, and you have no continues... You or die. You, you have to repeat the entire game again. Oh no! So they didn't yeah. uh, ease up on that stuff with um. Like well, there's an easy. There's again? an easy mode, so mm-hmm. you could play it on easy if you want to. But if you play on, you know, normal or or hard, uh, like I made it to level. I think it was there's six levels or episodes. Sorry, um, I will say like the cutscenes and the story stuff is kind of cool actually. Um. They they redid that much much better. It feels very cinematic. At least the the first part does. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it can be very punishing if you don't figure out how to um, anticipate and take the things out. Um, so uh, that's it's it's one of those things like once you play through a level once or twice or whatever, you figure out where they're gonna come from, and then it's just just making sure you take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't look great. On the mm. Switch, and that's that's my thing, is it still very much feels like... It looks better, right? But it still feels like it could have still been on the Saturn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be well, interesting what it looks like when it comes comes to the other systems, if it looks much better than... Oh, has it been announced for those? 
Yeah, it's got like an exclusive window for the Switch, but I think it comes to the other system eventually. Cool, cool. Um, and then Fire Wars 4 is, it's Fire Wars 4. Uh, I got through all of Alabasta this morning and then I'm just starting Any's Lobby. I have, I mean, really there's not a reason to not have it if you love One Piece. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much, I mean, and, and it's still like, I think, I honestly think out of all the Musu games that are out there, even if you don't like One Piece, it's still one of the best versions. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how much better Persona does it. But it's still probably one of the best versions of a one of a Musu game that exists, just because all those characters are perfect for, you know, they, they're perfectly suited. Do they largely yeah. have the same move sets that we're familiar with from the previous Pirate Warriors Musus? Yeah, uh, what I I don't I didn't play a lot of three. I've played some, so I don't know how much of this is in there. But they have like a growth map for the entire team, and you get mm-hmm. to unlock like forty different characters. So. Uh, there's that, but like, there's also a growth map for each character as well. So you get to level up each character individually if you use them in, in levels. And obviously there's certain, um, levels that you can only use one character. Uh, and then you have your overall team map as well. And there's levels to that team map too. Eventually when you, if you get to unlock everything in one, you go to the next one. So I think, uh, that's very well done. Like there's a lot. It challenges you to like actually want to go and do the little submissions that are in each level and and like you know take out a lot of the like control the board I guess the strategy part of the musus that I think a lot of people kind of forget about you know um, so oh this has that aspect to it that this has like the map yes it has the map the where you control. try to control um, most of the board and uh, whatever while you're also doing the main mission. And also has like submissions with like extra characters will come in, extra bad characters, and you get rewarded for killing them. And it depends on how you kill them, right? If you kill them with a special move or whatever, you get more points and more things than if you do just with a regular move too. So yeah, there's, there's a lot. Um, and there, and then the game looks, looks really good. And just, I really enjoy, I mean, there's a lot that they skip over, right? So this is not the way, like, this isn't like, um, like Kakarot. If you had never watched DBZ, I think you could almost play Kakarot and like experience most of the story. Yeah, it accounts for like now the, the the big story beats. Let's say that, and it like goes this, the arc of, of this Dragon game Ball. skips over a lot. I mean, um, One Piece yeah. is not that One Piece is uh, <laughs> significantly <laughs> huger than the, the Dragon Ball, but I could see how you would want to, right? Like, well, they there, can't possibly. There's parts of it that's not going to fit well with a Musu game, right? Like, so, like, all the beginning stuff where you don't have all the characters, mm-hmm. even though you don't get to control them all, um, wouldn't be fun for somebody to experience, I think, in a game like this. And then also there's just, there's parts of it, like, I would like to have seen this, like, Skypea part that it skips over to go straight to Eni's Lobby from Alabasta, but I get that they also didn't want to make this game, like, 80 hours long, so... You know, there's that too. Um, and there might also be, I don't know if they want to make DLC eventually for the game, which they could also, uh, do as well. So, but yeah, I think we've talked about everything. So let's see how long this is going to take. <laughs> uh, so with, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake coming, uh, pretty soon. And Randy and I kind of already <laughs> did this a little bit with his 
with the uh, gamers dozen that that we had uh for a little bit but um what are your you don't necessarily have to rank them as the best i guess overall if you don't want to but what are your like favorite i guess your top five favorite final fantasy games all right who wants to go first on this one i can because i'll be right Um, oh god here we go uh, six uh, no i haven't played six Uh, what what that's that's final fantasy three right Yes, yeah, you know, those three in America. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have it. I haven't played it yet. Oh my god, um, it's the best one. I would say Final Fantasy XV, Twelve, uh, Beyond Crisis Core. Uh, I think Type Zero is interesting. I don't think it's like the greatest game, but I think it's good. I mean, it's conceptually good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's about it. Wow, wait, your what? list is completely what? different. What? Than wait, 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 what? Completely different. I mean, I would... se- seven is fine. I think it's overhyped, <coughs> but it's okay. And wow. I like ten's battle system, but the story is abhorrent. Ten so is one far, I didn't play. As far as like main number of Final Fantasy games, I think twelve and fifteen are the only worthwhile ones. Good Wait, lord! What? All right, Wait, Mark. Whoa. All right, I-, I need to give a correct list now because this is ridiculous. <coughs> all right, my-, my list I've got uh, from from. Uh, Counting upwards from number five. Number five, I've put Final Fantasy XIII because I think it's really underrated. Um, it's a personal uh, favorite of mine. Uh, I know that a lot of people hate it, but uh, screw those people. All right. Number four, I'm going to put Final Fantasy VII. Really great. Classic, obviously. Love it. Uh, number three, Final Fantasy IX. I also think super underrated. Um mm-hmm. Maybe my favorite of the PlayStation era ones. Uh, actually, definitely my favorite of PlayStation era ones. I like that it goes back to more of a medieval period. I really like the job system and the battle system and just generally the characters, the art style. Like everything about Nine uh, is really up my alley. Uh, th- and then uh, the obvious top two is Final Fantasy IV at number two, known as Final Fantasy II, of course, on initial release. And then Final Fantasy VI, the best one. So that's my list. Oh, much more traditional, like uh, yeah. Like Sorry, m- m- much more basic list, but I don't. What fifteen? Yeah. What? I I mean, the story is also kind of trash because they didn't finish it, or you know, the you know, the the Lunafrey is such a nothing character. See, six I, has the best story and the best set pieces. Like, I mean, who doesn't love the opera? I mean, the opera scene is like one of the most famous things in gaming, and rightfully well, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it helped that they had all the little branching ports with the characters and everything. So you kind of got a feel for every character. By the time you get to the end of the game, you care about each one of those characters, and that's very hard to do with all, the big cast. All those strands come together in a really yeah. brilliant way. Like it, But, I mean, I like 15's gameplay quite a bit. Yeah, the gameplay's good. I mean, I would say it's the best. The gameplay is never the problem with that game. It's the other stuff. I think well, the, the pacing and like the story gameplay, and uh, the gameplay is fine. I, I just couldn't put myself through the story. I also, I mean, I think the story, like the whole romance and I think the bad guy, he has an interesting kind of arc or kind of motivation, but they don't really explain it that well. But I really like the end of that game when Noctis is locked away for 10 years and he comes back and the whole whole world is fucked up. I'm like, this is some good shit. Oh yeah, that was cool. That was. If only cool. they like made that longer or like made that like really playable. But yeah, I think 15 is really good. Randy, well, I'm Randy, not saying it's not good. I'm just saying Andy top... gets to drive around a dumb car. <laughs> the fly. Eventually, you can get it to fly yeah, and everything. I, I got the flying one. Yeah. I mean, I I think I platinumed that game, or at least I got damn close to it. Mm-hmm. Sean, Randy, I, I don't know. 
Sean, go ahead. I'm still <laughs> debating between like eight of them. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's uh, so many. Um, I have some. I have like you know a few favorites that you know um, similar to Yen's, and then uh, I think um, for me number five is uh, ten. It was my first Final Fantasy. I always have a kind of a soft spot for it. Um, uh, the battle system is very good. It's uh, and then also the spear grid is is something that a lot of games have taken and iterated on. And then of course, you know, Final Fantasy itself has, has taken and iterated on it uh, for other games, you know, 12, 15, 13 um, also, uh, 13 also. So, uh, you know, uh, you got to give it uh, credit. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like the, um, that little, the love story and then they make it preposterous by the time you get to 10, two, but I do like, uh, many of those characters. Um, you know, I think Arwen is, uh, is pretty cool, and um, you know, I've I always had like a, I like Waka was like a like a character that uh, you know, he had his cool accent, and I enjoyed it. Only, and, only he was a beer drinking robot instead. And uh, Blitzball is terrible. Is not easy, but it's fun. <laughs> I like it. Of course, I like soccer, so you know that that helps too. Um, and uh, number four, <sighs> uh. So, I know what my top three are. It's just number four is always like one of those that like I flip flop depending on. It's, uh, it's the city of two. <laughs> what uh, what day? Uh, but I think I'm gonna go with tactics. Uh, if we don't include, if we have to include like non spinoff, which tactics to me is still the best of the of the spinoffs. Um, but um, I'll go with the uh, with thirteen as well. I like thirteen a lot. Um, you know, if you get past the, the having to read part, but I love the battle system in 13 is very fast. I love the, the shifting stuff around and there's all the combinations you can do, uh, with that game. Um, lightning is also my favorite of the Final Fantasy characters. Uh, so yes, I, she's just a badass. I love her. Um, and uh, you know, you flesh her out as time goes on and uh, actually like 13 too. I know you don't really care for it that much. She ends, but I like that game as well. And I learned to care more about Terra than I thought, uh, I would. Um, plus Zaz is, Zaz is cool. I like Zaz. He's, yeah. he has a choke upon his head. I mean, what's wrong with that? So, <laughs> um, three for me is Final Fantasy seven. Um, you know, it's, there's a reason it's getting remade. Uh, to, the characters are all, beloved for the most part i mean it's it's the one that uh made jrpgs become something that i think people took notice of it saved the playstation it um there's a lot of things you can give final fantasy 7 it made the rpgs jrpgs modern because everything was either uh top down or um you know it was either looked like chrono trigger or it looked like uh you know the computer the diablo type and then final fantasy 7 came out and Showed you could do something else. It looked um, chibi. Yeah. And then uh, six uh, has a fantastic, everything Yen said. Um, it's still one of the best soundtracks in, in all of gaming. Uh, that's the thing with Final Fantasy games. Uh, one of the reasons why I love them the most is because, you know, each of the soundtracks is pretty awesome. Uh, something you can listen to by themselves and they, they all stand out on their own. And nine yep. is, to me, nine is the best. Um, I I really enjoyed those characters. It perhaps is like also has a soft spot for me because it's the first Final Fantasy that I actually went all the way through and beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nine is um, I love those characters. Sedane is has a really like neat oh, yeah. story as you go through with him. 
Uh, Steiner is like the way he redeems himself by the end as well. Just uh, all those characters have feel like there's something to them. And it was like the return of Final Fantasy after seven and eight kind of went way off. Yeah, and eight especially uh, went off the rails <laughs> yeah, with its weird sci-fi stuff. I love the back. return to traditional yeah. traditional fantasy setting. Exactly. So um I hate the I don't I'm not a big fan of the it's kinda slow. The battles are a bit slow. Um and the trance thing is not I wish you had an opportunity to like control it like you mm-hmm. do with the other ones. Um but aside from that, just I, I, mean, I really, really enjoy nine. You know, Sean, if you like the Final Fantasy soundtracks, let me introduce you to a little game called Theater Rhythm. Hey, I have Theater yes. Rhythm. So I have Theater, Theater Rhythm, rhythm soundtrack. I, <laughs> yeah. uh, I play the crap out of Theater Rhythm. I still play Theater Rhythm today, actually. I think, I think Theater Rhythm made our top 12, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. Where did where did Aragai sit? Oh, that's that fighting game that's terrible. Yeah, uh, no. no. That's a fighting game that's good. The city is the one that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to me they're still like making characters for that game. I thought they would have stopped no, supporting it after a while. They did, they did stop re- pretty recently, though. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. just glad that you remember the characters' names for Nine, Sean, because I can never... This is my weakness with this, these conversations. Like, I can never remember yeah. anybody. The, the cat boy and the black maid guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vivi. He's, well, Vivi is because Kingdom uh, Hearts, he's he's in that game. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, Vivi is... Uh, he has one of the most... If you think about it, like his story is absolutely shocking when you go through. Like it's they they told a lot of different. Um, there's a lot of different themes in Nine that I also appreciate. You know, they went a lot, uh, a lot of different ways uh, with that game. You know, so um, yeah, it's I, you know it's it's funny because like you can there's a lot of you could probably talk shit about almost any Final Fantasy that's that's there, and you can also love it. So that's what's cool about that that mm-hmm. series. You know. Randy, did you pick yet? Yeah, I guess. I'm going to go one through five that way because the fifth one I can't figure out. So uh, I'll figure it out as I go. My my number one is Final Fantasy VII. It's, it's this, the first one I played. It's the one that got me into the series. So it, it holds holds a, a big piece of my RPG heart. Um, I, I know it has a lot of flaws and, and people like to say it's overrated and stuff. And, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I absolutely I, loved it. I have a buddy who thinks it's like a perfect game. No, no, like, no. no such, there's no such thing. Yeah, as a perfect like, game. first of all, there's no, there's no perfect game. And even like, even if you like, I mean, I think Final Fantasy VII is good, but I mean, it certainly has flaws, and it's yeah. like, but, he doesn't uh, like, even like, rec- he doesn't even, like recognize that. I'm like, and, uh, and I know Sean and I talked about it when we did that series. That, that the first one you play is always going to hold an extra piece. I mean, that's yeah. why he likes ten more. And and, and I, I admit. Yeah, I, I do think Final Fantasy VI is probably the more overall well put together game, and that's why it's my second one. Um, but I played that way later in his life cycle. I probably played that after I played ten and stuff. That's when I started going back and playing some of the older ones. So it didn't click as much, I think, as some of the other people. Uh, but it's still second for me. I love Final Fantasy VIII more than most people, so it's third for me. Uh, I know the story goes way off the rails and stuff but when they brought out the remaster here not too long ago i platinumed it i played it really quick and and i will say if if you didn't really like final fantasy 8 and the, the grinding of of the, the magic and stuff play the remaster because putting things on three times speed is <laughs> makes the game so much better oh yeah and just just sat there and and we're just draw materia or magic out for 
20 minutes and be full and be ready to go and not have to waste an hour. It was really nice, and it, it made me appreciate that game even more. Uh, I'm with Mark. I like Final Fantasy XII. Uh, oh, I, I like the... Oh, I said I like that. That was one of mine. Yeah, I know. I, I said, yeah, yeah, that's okay. what I'm with. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, 12 yeah. is like a runner-up for me. It almost made yeah, it tough. Mark, I know it's not often we agree, but I'm just yeah. <laughs> saying that. Well, I, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't play original 12, so I can't make a judgment on that, but that 12 remake or remaster is really good, I thought. Yeah, I want to play the remaster, but uh, yeah, I, I like the, the, the older feel to it. I know it was part of the whole tactics and vagrant story stuff, and I, I just like the feel of that game. And what was it? I want a gambit system. What was it? Yeah, yeah, gambit. gambit. I, it was a really cool innovation. It wasn't perfect, but for for its time, I think they did a lot with it. Yeah. Uh, so that's number four, and then number five, I still can't decide. So four, five, nine, and ten are mm-hmm. are tied for uh, fifth because I can't pick one. Mostly one. because if you ask me what happens in four and what happens in five, I can't tell you because those two games have meshed together in my brain. I don't remember anything about five. What about one has X, which one, is one has X death, one has five Kanan. has the was the first one to have the the job system that we kind of appreciate now. So, yeah. so yeah, it's it it was a mix in there. Tactics is okay too. There's too many. Uh, yeah, five is his name like Bart's? Is that right Bart's? That looks that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, I know he comes in with like a chocobo really quickly. He goes around. And, Oh, uh, that's the one yes. with X Death. Yeah. Yes. And I always think no. X Death is the same uh, one with the uh, Kane character, but Kane is in yeah. four and X Death mm-hmm. is in five. And I mix yeah. those two games up all the time. Right. Five has a weird ass fucking story. <laughs> it's like, it goes way too many places. Uh, but yeah, it's, man, uh, can't wait for, for seven. It's the, get, it, trying to get till Friday is going to feel like forever. I think we all forgot about Chocobo Racing for the PS1. Hey, you could do that. And, so, and uh, I liked, uh, was it um, World of Final Fantasy? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good That game's good, good too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I will say, too. They're pretty good about their, their spinoffs. Um, Dirge you know, of Tactics, of course. Yeah, then Dirge of Service. We can just forget that one existed and move mm-hmm. on with our lives and... Um, we should have made a game based on that horrible movie in 2000. Good. <laughs> it's a good movie. Curse no. Within? Yeah. Uh, if you if you take Final Fantasy off of it, it's an okay animated uh, movie. Yeah, I remember exactly. there just being a lot of exposition and a lot of just people using weird, just going yeah, on and on about Gaia and... Yeah, the spirit of the yeah. Earth craft. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, I know that that's those are Final Fantasy mainstay things, but I just don't think they work in a movie context. They don't work in a in a movie that's like, oh, Manhattan is the last city on Earth. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> the one cool thing I really like in that movie is that the device that they use to record their dreams, so they can actually play yeah. them back like they're a movie. I wish I had that. Of course, <laughs> I wouldn't get any Netflix watching <laughs> done because I would just be watching my dreams in the evenings. How would you hate Carol Baskins then? That's true. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Carol Baskins is not I know everybody's hating on her for being the biggest hypocrite on that show. She's not the worst person. I I think uh I think Doc is the worst, honestly. Doc, Doc, Doc is hundred percent the worst. Yeah. He's yeah. He's creepy as all hell. Uh, his weird his weird, his grooming sex cult shit. I, I felt really bad for that one lady who made it. I mean, she didn't I mean I know she said that she never made it with Doc, but like she made it with Doc. She just she can't talk about it. She's too traumatized. I'm hundred percent sure. Uh, well, I, I, mean, I, f- I feel bad for all those women. 
And then like the other that other guy who was like, I like how he's got his women trained. It's like what? <laughs> what really? Like, okay. that, that show is. Have you not seen the show, Sean? No, I have it's watched insane. that show. It's it's crazy. Like, it's the guy in Ohio. Nuts yeah. and yeah, it's uh, the guy in Ohio is the one that said that. He was yeah, the way he's he's just one of the he's one of the tra- the traders who 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 raises cubs and sells them. Yeah, the um, isn't he the one that gets like gets his place raided at the end or whatever? Is that somebody else? Um, no, he, he didn't get raided, but he's going through a lot of legal stuff. He's the one that was going to make the new park with Jeff and then backed out. Right, the, 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 where's the hat? The like. Like no, the hat guy is the documentarian, isn't he? That's that's the he's like one of the few. The only likable people to me are the are the documentarian, the campaign yeah. manager, and the uh, hot prosecutor. Those are kind of the <laughs> only decent people. <laughs> oh, and the lady who escaped the sex cult. Yeah. Those are like the I, only yeah. likable. I felt I felt in sympathy for the two husbands. Yeah, uh, I, I guess thought they were nice enough guys that just got lost. They seem nice enough. I just I cannot wrap my head around it. I, like I don't care how much weed you give me, like I could not deal with that relationship. <laughs> that whole show, yeah, that show that is just something else. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Same. this. I was like, "What? Why did I just spend time watching this?" Like, well, uh, my my initial reaction. Well, it's like I knew Joe Exotic from when he ran for president. Like that's how I knew yeah. him. I knew his campaign ads. And I knew some of his music videos. So that was my only exposure to him. So I was like, okay. This seems cool, a documentary, documentary series about this guy, but how is this ever, like, what, seven episodes? How on earth is this going to sustain seven episodes? This should just be a movie or something. And I'm like, no, no, this is just every episode escalates the madness. Yeah. And, you and because predict- of the coronavirus, I watched all seven episodes in one day. I, I think yeah. I would have done that. I, th- I would have done that even if it hadn't thing. been. Right. <laughs> like like you start and you're like, let's just check this out. And then you cannot stop because every episode ends with some big cliffhanger where it's like, what the fuck? And then the next episode tells you all about that. So it's just it's it just it hooks you. You can't stop. I can't wait for the video game. So yeah, did, did you. <laughs> We're on a video game podcast. I was trying to. Well, well they're going to make a movie well, of him, right? Or they're making like a series. I, I know that. um Oh, what's her name? The chick from SNL and Ghostbusters. Uh, not Kristen Wiig. Uh, the other one. She's on current SNL. Um, just uh, the blonde chick. Yeah. Yeah. She's also she's she's supposed to play Carol Baskin. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. She's also supposed to play uh, Elizabeth Holmes in a adaptation of um, of the whole Theranos. Theranos uh, yeah. Uh, Wasn't uh, Margot Robbie supposed to do that also? Or I I don't. I've always heard. Uh, um, Hurt McKinnon. So she seems like she's got a she's gonna have a monopoly on playing these um you know, women from uh from crazy documentaries. I don't know. Oh, I, I I was thinking of Jennifer Lawrence, sorry. Oh yeah, Jennifer Lawrence would be good as Elizabeth Holmes. That'd be good casting. But uh yeah, man, I don't I just don't think you can do if this were a fictional show, you would not accept it. And these people are such distinctive characters that it'd be very, very hard. Um, to match, it's kind of like great. Did you guys ever watch um, uh, the movie that they made of Grey Gardens with uh, Drew Barrymore and whoever I forget who the other lady was? But it was basically just they recreated the documentary in a fictionalized version, and it was a good movie, but it was completely pointless because the documentary exists, and why would you not watch the real thing? Yeah. So I I just don't see how it can compare. We'll see. I guess. 
Um, to answer Randy's complaint, you know, this this show used to have a let's talk about, you know, media as a, you mean, TV and No, because I took it segment. out because we would take it takes way too long. Like, I don't think that three hour shows work for yeah. people wanting to listen. <laughs> so it, it is a little intimidating. Um, you know, uh, well, I mean, I could, yeah. I'd be happy to. I, I just finished uh, Interspecies Reviewers. I'd be happy to talk about Interspecies Reviewers. <laughs> oh, God. I, I watched like the first couple of episodes of that and I forgot to keep watching it. So, oh, my God. Uh, you got to get to oh. episode seven. Episode seven is amazing. It's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Oh, I was like, well, I could definitely see why this got banned from Funimation yeah. and other places. <laughs> That's like, wow. Like, like, by the time that like they get to episode seven and it's the egg laying fetish one, I, I was like, are they just going to like, have they run out of regular bordellos and it's just going to be insane fetishes from now on? But then that doesn't happen. But But yeah, that one, holy shit. Have they actually got to the end now? Like thirteen episodes? Twelve. Yeah, it's 12? it's okay. it's it's done. I know. I hope a second season happens. It, it's a weird conundrum because it's like, on the one hand, they got taken off all the streaming services. Even in Japan, they got taken kicked off a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And people won't carry them. But on the other hand, it's like the most popular and beloved anime of the season. Yeah, because you know people with their oh, you censor something I like. It's definitely gonna be number one now. It's like yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it is really great. <laughs> Well, um, so uh, basically, um, it is Final Fantasy week as Final Fantasy VII comes out for everybody except Europe and Australia, where it's already out physically. Uh, on Friday, uh, all of us will be getting it. So I don't know. Maybe we can do like a spoiler cast or something once everybody's we yeah. all finish it or something. Uh, and there's also a few other things. Someday you'll return. Was an adventure game and Hellpoint, uh, which doesn't look great, and Billion Road, which is like a almost looks like a Japanese like board game thing that <laughs> has different like mini games in it. it looks kind of weird. Um, okay. It's a, one of those Bandai Namco joints that you're like you never thought it would come out, but it's out here. Um, so yeah, uh, now I gotta hope that um, we make it another week. We'll be back on Wednesday. To talk about because this uh actually by the time everybody wakes up in the morning the the embargo will have lifted for the reviews for Final Fantasy Seven. I'm so, expecting four four out of ten across the board. No, yeah, I expect so, great things. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if people try to find uh reasons to dislike it or you know if there's legitimate ones. Um, but yeah. Uh, just beware of spoilers, people, because definitely you'll be getting if they if you didn't already run into some with Square Enix doing the best they could to squash them, uh, you'll definitely be able to find some now this week because the embargo goes up today. So, all right. Well, if you uh, like what you heard, everybody, you can hit subscribe and get us um, for at least while we're all staying at home two times a week and you know you can uh, s- go review us on Podchaser or whatever other service you use to listen to us on and yeah let, let us know what you think there and if there's anything you'd like to see us cover or or just um a segment that you think we we could we could do on the show to to kind of make the two shows different uh let me know at w2network@gmail.com or all of us have twitters at Aperture Silence for Jens, at W. Tim Sean for me, at Randy as well for Randy, and at Humanity Play for Mark. 
Um, and yeah, go visit that w 10 netcom There'll be uh, at least a Resident Evil 3 review, and if I might uh, review the Prince of Dragoon remake as well uh, by the time sometime this week. And yeah, we'll see you later, everybody. Later.